everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with one of the few active dancers from the 90s Vancouver dance scene, Jarek Hizen aka Twist. I was really lucky to have him on and share some of the history from Vancouver's young scene. There were people before him, but it's a start to tracking down and documenting some of the people and the stories that existed. We got into some really interesting stuff like the main crews that existed back then, the origins of Robson Square and how it became one of the main practice spots in Vancouver, hip-hop parties for underage kids during the 90s, starting a dance studio and training a new generation and more. Thanks so much to Jarek for taking the time and I hope you enjoy it. Peace! We're here with an older generation, uh, can I say like OG now? Are you comfortable with that term? <laughs> I guess old guy, sure, why not? Old guy. <laughs> uh, Jarek Hism from NON, Dead Reckoning, formerly Front Page, Vancouver Dynamic Breakers, Few Good Men. Yeah. Welcome. Yep. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me here, man. Yeah, so uh, I usually get people to do this, but for people who don't know who you are or might not know who you are, or just a refresher for other people, can you just give like a little bit of background of who you are, what you're about or whatever? Uh, my name is Jarek Hizan. Um, I'm a b-boy at first. Uh, I go by the name of b-boy twist. Uh, right now I represent Dead Re- uh, <laughs> Now Never, Now Never Crew. Yeah. And I was part of, uh, back in the day, I had like, four or five different other crews, you know, from high school to, you know, to now. But right now, I'm, I'm with Now or Never and a win crew. Nice, nice. Cool. Um, yeah, a big, one of the big reasons that I wanted to kind of get you on here is because, you know, it happens a lot, actually, with sometimes people do an interview and something will come up and then someone who's been in the scene for a while, they'll come in and like just drop a whole bunch of history and knowledge on it. And it but it stays in this like little Facebook thread or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to have this and, and kind of get that information out there and it's just kind of living somewhere instead of in some random thread. So um, can you talk a little bit about like your experiences about the Vancouver history, maybe right. starting with the breaking scene, but you can kind of go wherever because yeah, you yeah. do a bunch of different um, styles and stuff. So if we're going to start with the breaking scene, kind of like the resurgence, you know, I would say it was around early 90s, 90 from 90 to 93, 94, right? We were just fresh out of high school. Well, I was just fresh out of high school then. I graduated 91. And, um, you know, breaking wasn't, wasn't big in Vancouver yet, but it was already kind of, you know, resurging back everywhere else. And how we really got into it is uh, uh, my guy that I danced with, Nelson. He got a hold of um, these uh, tapes from uh, from this guy that moved from San from, from San Francisco. Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had all these uh, 
you had all these b-boy uh, uh it's like underground battles right and it was uh when we started watching it it was like the rock force it was rock right. force crew and he had all these gems like you know these guys performing at um wedding shows or performing at um gymnasiums or little battles so when nelson got a hold of the tapes he um he started watching them and started getting back into breaking because um i moved to uh, vancouver in 1986 from the philippines oh crazy and i was already starting to break then right with my crew back in the philippines but we were kids and then when i got to vancouver um Pretty much, you know, it wasn't really a breaking scene. Well, I didn't know because uh, when I went to high school, everybody was like into the heavy metal band. Right? <laughs> so I stopped, right? And then it wasn't until like three years later that I got back into it when I met a couple of guys from Surrey that was uh, also interested in like, what I was doing. So that's how I kind of got together with that. Is that and where then, you were living when you first came? Yeah, I moved to Surrey. So I was, I went to uh, Johnson Heights. Hmm. That's the school that I was. So it was right, right by uh, Guilford Mall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Classic area for, for breaking in Surrey. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it was, it was around early nineties that uh, my buddy Nelson got a hold of these tapes and we just pretty much started watching them and practicing, you know? And again, back in those days, it was, uh, there was only three crews that I remember that was really, you know, getting into that scene. But before that, everybody was kind of doing freestyle hip hop, right. you know? So there was us and there was contents and um, there was straight no chaser. So those, those are the three and my crew we were called wild style. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's another crew that I was in. That was, <laughs> the, that was like the actual first B-boy crew. Right. Right. Wild style. Yeah. So that was that. That was like the only three b-boy crews that I, that pretty much that was in the scene, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and we were just all fresh out of high school, maybe 17, 18 years old. So there wasn't really any places to uh, kind of go. Um, so they would, there would be these uh, dances that uh, would happen in Vancouver that was put on by a couple of promoters. So we would go there. That's where we would go. And we would meet up and pretty much battle, you know, because we didn't know each other then. Right. Yeah. Because this, like, this is like different from, say, the modern way of thinking about like a dance event is like a competition, right? Yeah. No, this, this is... is like a total club night for teenagers. Oh right? wow. Yeah. yeah. And it was like it would it would be done in like a, at the YMCA or um, what's that place on Main Street? It was like right above Planet Bingo. There was a, a hall there. And, but now oh, I think yeah, it's yeah, our yeah. core place, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But people would like, or these promoters would um, hold these events for underage kids. Hmm. And we would go. And that's where, you know, like, and it wasn't just B-boys that went, right? You had MCs, you had DJs, you had everybody that was into hip-hop would all go. So, you know? Right. So, and it was, it was more of a social gathering party, right? Than, than an actual battle. Right. Or like a competition that we have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened to those? <laughs> Where'd they go? Um, I know for some reason when the scene got bigger, I think pretty much people just kind of did their own thing, right? Mm. Like uh, like with, with the B-boy scene in Vancouver, mm -hmm. uh, 
it's, you know, you have promoters and like myself that we would throw B-Boy bottles, right? Like, I mean, it's open to everybody, but it's always the B-Boys that would just come. Mm-hmm. And then you would have like the um, MCs that would like promote their night, but it's all MCs that would come, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, a, you know, like a DJ event and it's all just DJs and people listening to the DJ. Yeah. So it's, it became, I don't know, it kind of dissolved some, sometime in yeah. the 2000s, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Nelson. Yeah. And I know from what I remember, I think this was like an old b-boy world post or something where it first came up where we were, people were talking about the the history of like robson square which is the one of the most legendary practice spots in vancouver and still right, to this nice day one. but yeah. he played a big part in like kind of getting that set up how did how did that kind of come about um so this is i guess we're about like 1920 now right so we would go clubbing downtown Cause we'd come from Surrey. I would come from Surrey and also would come from Richmond and you know, we'd take a bus or sky train wherever we were and go down to um, pretty much uh, clubs on Richard street. It was like Richards on Richards um, club Mars where before that's where we kind of would practice. Right. <laughs> that's the clubs were, and then the club owners and you know, they didn't really care cause we'd go there like 9 PM and practice till about 11. Mm -hmm. right so the clubs open at nine and then people started coming in at 11 so we'd be practicing at the clubs from nine to 11 and then when people came in we would stop dancing we'd just hang out and just party um i mean it was like that with all the hip-hop clubs like they didn't really because they knew us so Mm -hmm. they didn't care like no and plus nobody was there so we would use this the clubs to practice (laughs) um and then after that, so when, you know, club ended at 2, 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, we would go home, but, you know, the buses don't run, right? right. So what happened was, like, Nelson would wait because um, would wait until the buses start running. So that's how he found Robson, right? That's crazy. So he just went out over there one night and he found it and started practicing there. And then he told us a couple of weeks later, yo, found a practice spot. And pretty much that's how it started. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we would always get kicked out by the security guards, right? Because like first they thought we were just kind of causing trouble, you know, would practice breaking there. They didn't really understand what that was. And plus we would use their electricity, right? So That's Nelson, right. Yeah, bring yeah. his uh, like uh, his sound system there and would plug it in and we'd end up pretty much getting kicked out or, you know, guys would, the security guards would just say, you know, you can't, you can't be, you can't be here especially yeah. at two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we just kind of kept, or Nelson kept doing it. Yeah. And finally, I think one of the guards told him, you know, if you want to keep doing this, just write a letter to, uh, it's a, is it SFU or, U, or UBC? That's UBC, know. yeah. UBC, right? So he just said, you know, write, write a letter to them, explain to them what you're doing. Yeah. And pretty much that's what he did. And they just said, okay. Yeah. Like for that anyone who, do- who doesn't know, Robson Square is this big kind of underground, underground semi underground outdoor like ice rink or used to be a roller rink like a ice rink yeah ice rink yeah and then uh, but it's owned owned or it's on the property of the university of british columbia so it's like it's public space and yeah and so yeah security guards used to kick people up but now it's like this um what do you call it like 
gathering place for yeah. all kinds of dancers of all kinds of different backgrounds. It's kind of right, right. right now. So I don't even know if there was any other activities that was going on there before Nelson mm -hmm. actually started dancing. I know it was like, uh, you know, closed for a while. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we would go. And yeah. um, we actually had uh, an event over there a long time ago as well. We, uh, we put on a, we put on a battle and it was like sponsored by Levi's. <laughs> oh, really? When, when, yeah. when was that? <laughs> this was in, uh, yeah, this is also in the nineties, uh, probably like 95, 96, hmm. something like that, you know? Um, we had a little battle, we had a little show. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Everybody good. got jeans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. What happened to all these? This sounds like a good time for Vancouver. You know, you had like, yeah, like um, when it was growing, and... there was a lot of good things happening. Cause there was like, I remember, uh, we were, we got hired by, uh, Nike one time mm -hmm. and, um, we were giving away Nike Prestos when they come out. So what happened was like we had a we had a, a white van. They had a DJ portable DJ uh, station inside, and then there's B boys, and we had the linoleum floor, and we'd drive around um, areas of Vancouver, like somewhere busy, and we would just like uh, what do you call that? Like uh, just pull up on the corner and like pull out the map, pull out the DJ, and start breaking in the DJ, you know. And then we actually I think we had MCs too. That there was a host, right? So they would rap. DJ would spin and then we would break and we would do that for like five, 10 minutes and then roll out and then go to another spot. Wow. That sounds awesome. And, um, promoting, uh, Nike Prestos. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So there's a lot of things that was like happening mm -hmm. like that. Like it was kind of like gorilla style, you know, just like pull up. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess like a lot of these things sort of, you like, you know, ebbs and flows, it'll get big and then it kind of calms down and it gets bigger again. It's like, you know, it seemed like when you, yeah, when you were really active, uh, yeah. in the, in the breaking scene, like there was a lot of stuff going on. And then I know like when I started, which was in the early two thousands, it was kind of like right. calming down a bit. And there was mm -hmm. a time where like, yeah, there was only a few people. I think it was just you and Arthur and maybe occasionally Rory or something like that. Like, right. There was just a few jams happening, mm -hmm. and uh, and then it kind of picked up again. And then I don't know how it is. I've, I haven't been in Vancouver for a little while. But... Right. Well, the thing was that because of all the events that was uh, put on, right? Like there was, um, remember, uh, like there's a few of us that was like putting on events, mm -hmm. and um, you know, a couple of the big ones uh, that uh, it was like Eric and Ivan did a whole bunch at UBC. It was at Mad Skills. Add skills, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of uh, made it a little bit, kind of, uh, you know, kind of made the Vancouver scene a little bit known as well because I think mm -hmm. there's people there that were, you know, coming from LA, coming from... Yeah, that was like right before I started or right as I started, but I remember seeing... That like was definitely Disney like... And... Yeah, it was uh, like in around 2000 and up, you know? Yeah, and they had yeah. Yeah, guys from LA, guys from... Seattle, I think like all of dance brooms came or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite yeah. a bit. Like they, they used to do it at the, at uh, the sub ballroom. Yeah. 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 They, they did Omar years. Too, from. Yeah. And then yeah, they, they, I remember the big one at the gym when they had the brand new gym mm -hmm. and that was a good one. Yeah. Oh. There's some footage of that somewhere out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Vancouver. 
used to have used to have this really big thriving scene and not to say that it's dead right now but <laughs> yeah, it's no. different yeah yeah um that actually kind of reminds me a little bit like vancouver's scene now i would say is like kind of unique in a, from a lot of the scenes that i've seen or been a part of or whatever where right a lot of them are like really separate and you have like there's the breaking scene this is the popping scene this is the house scene this is the hip-hop scene this is a whatever yeah but vancouver kind of whether it's because it's a smaller scene or whatever or just the community the way that people have built it like right. it's really connected and and people yes. people know each other they go to each other's events or right people learn different styles and stuff. And like you yourself, you're a good example too of like someone who knows all these different things and has been a part of kind of different communities, right. I guess. Um, yeah. Can you speak well, a little was, bit about that? Well, yeah. Yeah. Like when we were growing up, right? Like it was for us, we didn't really have any teachers to learn from. So we kind mm -hmm. of learned from each other. And then we learned from those videotapes that we got. Um, and um, we also didn't, like there was no, studios that was teaching hip-hop then or breaking right so again we were just teaching each other and then from there i guess you know we got well myself anyway you know, got got hired teaching at dance studios and that's it's kind of how i um um expanded and at the same time back then we we it's, it wasn't just like breaking like we we wanted because we were so into the hip-hop culture that we just wanted to learn everything mm -hmm. right so we would we see something new, we would try it, right? So it's it wasn't just, uh, okay, well, he's a B-boy. But the thing is, like, I first started out as a, you know, B-boy, right? Because that's that's what I saw first and I really was interested. Mm -hmm. But then I saw other styles and I'm like, yo, I want to explore those styles too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, but it oh, it always falls back into, like, the freestyle dance for me. And, um, and then, you know, and when I'm, I just remember, like, I always pull out the b-boy stuff when I'm battling somebody that I know cannot do that. Mm. So it's always like, okay, first let's do the battle stand up battle. Right. And then, then I can kind of gauge, all right. So what else can this person do? So I always try to test them. That's how like when I battle and, um, and then when I see, Oh, you know what, they can only do hip hop or, or they can only lock or they can only do popping. So I can do some of those too. Right. Cause we did mm -hmm. practice. Would say I, I was the best at it, but then I would do all those. I would try to match what they did, and then I would break. And then when when I started getting on the floor, then that was it because they couldn't do it, right? Yeah. And again, those those times there wasn't a lot of us that was doing all this, so it was nice to uh, you know it was like that exchange back and forth with um, the people that we were battling because mm -hmm. there was a club that we would always go to, and this is where pretty much is like the underground club. Um, it was like started by G-Man and Risk, you know, right. or yeah. actually before, I think, yeah, it was, uh, the El Famoso club or El Famoso nights, like way back in the day. Um, I think trying to remember the name, it's, it's like a parking lot now, but it's every, it was on, it was on, um, uh, Richard street right. and right beside it is like corner of Richard and Robson. And I think now there's like a Starbucks and a big building. And then it's like an empty parking lot. There used to be like a small nightclub that okay. everybody would go on on like a Wednesday night, I think. Damn. Yeah. Wednesday. And that's where everybody would like, you know, be. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen 
members of Rocksteady Crew, like Japan was there one time. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was like, oh, who, you know, like, because like when people sh- like that show up, you know, there was going to be a battle, right? Because we would mm-hmm. definitely like try to challenge them. Yeah. Um, Easy Rock was there one time, I believe. Yeah. And then, you know, like when it would come down to town. Yeah, yeah. That was the spot to go to, right? Yeah. And actually, you know what? There was actually, um, you remember the Source magazine? Uh, it was like an old hip hop magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Source. Yeah. And yeah. uh, back then, it was like the, you know, if you had to be on Source to be, you know, to be <sighs> like to be it, right? Yeah, I think Biggie yeah. rapped about it. Anyway, yeah, like, yeah. um, uh, there was an article written about the Vancouver scene in the in the Source. Oh, really? And they talked about the the three B Boy crews. You know, that was a uh, that was predominant in Vancouver, and and when it's funny because like when we saw that, we all brought it to the club and <laughs> showing each other, right? So the crews that we were battling that one night were all friends, right, right. Because we're like, yo, man, we made it too. Like they talked about us, right? Right, that's cool. Man. Yeah. yeah. Was there Gotta any? Find out. Was there any like particular? I guess I don't know, memorable battle or memorable just moment in that kind of like club time for you you know what like um it the i guess for that time it, it was just more because they were the the other team and we were the other team and there were there were only two teams that i you know like only two crews mm-hmm. so every week was pretty memorable because it was like we would battle each other you know one week we would lose then we'd go home and practice harder so next week we can you know beat them and then it, it kind of went back and forth you know, it, it, it between like uh, like wild style and contents, mm-hmm. and that went on for like years. Um, I would say a good three, four years that at that club while it was running, because every mm-hmm. week we would go and we would try to outdo each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those are pretty memorable. Um, and back then, like you know, we didn't really hang out with each other. Right. Right. Not like now, which is really great um, because everybody is friends in the Vancouver scene. You know, there's yeah. beef, but that's in in the dance floor but after that right. it's that was it yeah, yeah but then it was like yo we didn't like each other on the dance floor and after that we still didn't like each other <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah it's like i guess uh just different mentalities and different generations and stuff right yeah but then anyway I, you know after a yeah. couple of years we're all like best friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we talk What's about like, times and you know we're like yeah. yo it's that like younger energy i guess people are hungry yeah, yeah. and they want to it was like you know we're trying to prove something right we're yeah exactly prove. Yeah. yeah um so n- y- now you're kind of you got the hat on right now yeah boogaloo academy um can you talk a little bit about like yeah opening up a studio and you know what goes into running it just right. talk a little bit about that whole new um, life that you have now yeah so I opened up Boogaloo Academy in 2012. So I had a partner um, and I used to work for her. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to work for uh, and she ran a studio called A-Star Studio where um, okay. it was Anita. And, That's um, the one in Burnaby, right? No, it's uh, in Oak Ridge. It was in Oak Ridge. Oh, it was okay. right, right across from Oak Ridge Mall. Right, right. Okay. So how that happened was... Um, this was in 2003, 2006, when I went to Japan, she was actually um, trying, you know, she heard about me and she was trying to get me to work for her, but I left for three years. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got back, 
um, I had another friend of mine that was like, oh, this lady is, you know, trying to get you to work for her. She wants to have a meeting with you. So I, I met up with her and I ended up working for her for like a couple of years. And um, throughout that years, like, so it was from 2006 till about, you know, till 2010, right? So we were working together for four years and I kept suggesting like little things that we should do and all the ideas that I threw her, she really liked. So it was like, oh, let's put on a battle. Like let's rent out, um, let's rent out the River Rock Casino and throw a battle there, Yeah. right? And she's like, okay, let's do that. And then I'm like, okay, now let's do this. Let's let's bring in um, let's bring in this guy machine, like you know, like um, and she's like, oh yeah, cool. Like she always agreed to what I was like suggesting. So mm-hmm. we had a really good dynamic like that. Mm-hmm. And then finally, after the fourth, fourth, fifth year, she was like, um, got a notice from the mall saying they're gonna close it down or they're kicking they're kicking us out because uh, it, it was. It was in Oak Ridge Mall. There was like a strip mall outside, but it was part of the mall, but it wasn't part of the mall, but it was connected to the mall. And anyway, so they turned it into a crate and barrel. So they kicked everybody out from that side to turn it into a crate and barrel. Yeah, okay. Um, So she said, you know, well, we're getting kicked out of here. So uh, why don't we just look for a studio together and become partners, right? And uh, at that time, I was still pretty active with like NON. We're doing a whole, and and with my, I was still teaching, also teaching at Harvard Dance Center. So I was, te- I was still teaching at other places, and I wasn't ready to give up those things yet, right? Um, but I, you know, I was just like, all right, well, let me just, um, you know, think about it. But in the meantime, I'll help you find a place. So we ended up looking at five different um, warehouses, and the first warehouse was actually like the studio that we chose because mm-hmm. when I saw it, it was like huge. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it had lots of potential, but I, I just kind of kept my mouth shut and was like, all right, let's go look for some more. And after, you know, seeing like four other ones, I was like, you know what? Um, kind of changed my mind here. Like when, when, when I saw that, that space, I kind of want to do something with it. Um, it was like a wide open space. It was like 5,000 square square footage. Right. And we had, we had her cousin who was an architect come from New York and we flew him down and he kind of looked at the place and then he drew on a napkin and then he gave it to us and he's like, Oh, this, it could look like this. So then we're looking at it like, okay, it's very different. Cause like the way studios are built usually like from where I was teaching, Mm-hmm. You'd you'd walk in one studio if, if it was a big studio if they say it was like four or five rooms you'd walk into one and then you'd you'd kind of cut across inside the, the studio to get to the next one. Oh, okay. So the layout wasn't very good like some of the uh, studios that I was teaching at before, yeah. and then had like really low ceilings and bad yeah. ventilation, right? Yeah. Um, or you'd be like in a one tiny cramp room. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, like when this uh when her cousin um did the rendering and then he went back to New York and then a week later he showed us what the place could look like. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked. I was in, I was like, yeah. you know what? Yeah, let's do this. Like, I'm, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm ready to become a dance studio owner. Um, and you know, like I, during this time, I was also teaching at a lot of high schools and elementary schools. So that's how pretty much I got most of our clientele in. 
because mm. uh, we would go there for like teach for a week. You know, they do a performance and then go to the next school. So I was pretty much teaching for the Vancouver school board for like 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so while I was still teaching for other people and then while the studio was being built, um, which by the way, we didn't borrow money from the bank. We pretty much borrowed money from our parents to pay for it. So it was good parents. <laughs> yeah. So put all our, and, and our like, I guess savings, right. Whatever yeah, yeah, money yeah. we had. Yeah. So, which is good because, uh, we didn't have to owe anybody anything yeah. except for our parents, yeah, but yeah. they were cool about, you know, pay me later. <laughs> That's the, advantage, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we finally, uh, started, um, uh, building it in like the summer of 2012. And then it took about four months to build it. And then we opened up October of 2012. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the first, the first two years, I would say it was definitely the, the hardest because um, I really had to take like a kind of like a pay cut. Like I had to quit all my other work to focus on the studio. And that was tough because like when I was working for other people, you know, I was making a killing. Yeah. You know, because I was working at five different studios. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I quit all those to focus on one, hmm. you know, and monthly it was like, oh man, how are we going to make it? Mm -hmm. But I mean, made it work, which is good. So after about the second year, it, you know, the third year, the fourth year, now we're on our eighth year. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's been good, but now we have COVID. So again, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's a little bit, uh, um kind of have that uneasy feeling right because yeah the, well, like our customer is like based on kids and you know you got to dance yeah. together yeah yeah how how have you guys kind of like shifted things um right now we're doing zoom dances like zoom classes right mm -hmm. so i think most of the dance studio as well is kind of gone online but it's yeah. very different right like i yeah. i i I can teach it, but I don't enjoy it because it's mm -hmm. hard for me to correct people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's a thing. Um, you know, especially if you're teaching breaking, you know, you want to, <laughs> yeah, you right? form and everything. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you have a bad internet connection and it's just, you know, the energy is not there. Like that's for me anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can do it mm -hmm. because I, I, uh, I've done it in the past where I actually teach also um, kids from way up north. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I have this, um, I teach uh, uh, through Zoom and I've been doing it for like three years now. Wow. So I teach kids uh, who are up up in the north uh, um, and I teach them hip hop or uh, right now it's only hip hop. Yeah? Is this like northern BC or like northern Canada? Northern uh, Northern Canada, I do. I go wow. up to the Yukon as well. Like sometimes in Toronto, like all these uh, places that are, um, you know, away from the city, far away from the city, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like, like First Northern Nations, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Schools too, yeah. So I've been doing that for the last three years. But I ha we have this company that you know gave us a big screen to teach. So then it's easy and it's all. It's very. Um, it's very different from Zoom. 
and it's um their and their system is like very clean and so it's like you're there oh that sounds much better <laughs> yeah 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 wow and that was provided through the company yeah it was provided by this company that um that i've been working for so i've been doing this for so i've been doing the the online thing for three years before right. you know right COVID happened crazy you're ahead of the game yeah well, yeah but well, you know <laughs> but i mean it's different because like yeah. what i teach them is foundation and it's a lot of kids so it's mm -hmm. uh you know and it's only like you know half an hour 45 minutes mm. but when you're teaching a class because i usually teach four hours a day mm -hmm. so four hours on zoom and it's just for me it's not the same as being in class you know yeah yeah for sure yeah. for sure and then when the when the kids when i see them they're all dancing in their bedrooms and some of them are small bedrooms so it's like oh how can you even move there yeah that's that's the uh, tough right so the tough they don't have space they have to move furniture around or dancing yeah. on carpet you know mm -hmm. so a lot of factors come in and it's uh yeah. but i mean they enjoy it right yeah that's good you know, they enjoy it which is good yeah um the other thing i wanted to ask you about it's sort of related um is you know you've been you've been involved in dance and teaching in with teaching dance and and you know you've partnered uh, with people and opened a studio and stuff like that like as you as you get older and you know the body starts to sort of break down naturally not to say that you're a super old guy or anything like <laughs> that but you know, like that's just a natural thing that happens as you get older. Um, yeah. Are you finding like, how are you kind of positioning yourself to, right? as you get older and move into these maybe different roles or something? Yeah. Are you doing funny, funny, like you're talking about that because like, you know what? It's just this last month mm -hmm. that I started feeling something, mm -hmm. you know, but not naturally it's not my knees. It's mm -hmm. just my, it's my hands, mm -hmm. you know, that I, I, I'm starting to, uh, feel a little tightness. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's going to be a, if that's going to be a problem in the long run, if that continues, because you know, when I'm yeah. doing floor work, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not going to be good. So like I'm being careful. So, I mean, when it comes to that, like, uh, I, well, definitely like I don't pull the moves that are like, I, that, like, that I used to be able to do well back then. Like I would never try to spin on my head anymore. <laughs> right. I, I try to avoid that. I mean, I can't, I probably can still pull it, but I just wouldn't go there anymore. Um, so a lot, a lot of my stuff is like not really a lot of power moves, but more style. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I try to adapt mm -hmm. and, um, and you know, if a move doesn't work for me, then I'll try to figure out a way to um, find something else to replace that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I've been lucky that, I don't have major injuries that, I, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's, uh, yeah, I can still get down. I can still like, um, practice, um, you know, when I go out pretty much to me, my, 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 uh, what do you call that? My element is like going out. That's when I, you know, I know it's funny because I own a dance studio, but I don't like practicing at a dance studio, <laughs> you know, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. like, I'm more comfortable being out where there's people gathering, right? Yeah. You know, so a club. Yeah. You know, I guess. Well, like th that's the difference between maybe some some mentalities, like some people 
just see it as like a, it's a thing to do and you you practice and you have your moves and you go to the event and that's where you do it but for other people it's like a right. lot more social and it's more yeah. about the people that you're meeting and this kind of thing and you do dance as well or something like that right right yeah 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 no um that's just it like uh it's always been because i like again you know growing up there was never that dance studio available for us or a practice spot right mm -hmm. so yeah so clubs became our spot and it was more like, hey, after we practice, let's go out and drink, have fun and socialize, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it was for us. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like, you know, to what, to well, to me and my crew then, that was like the b-boy life for us, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, the next day we'd go and work and then do it all over again. Right. So it wasn't like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I love it that people are actually practicing and taking this you know, seriously, right? Like, look where, where it is now. Look, mm -hmm. look at the level of, of the kids that are dancing now. Right. right. So it evolved, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just a different time for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you, uh, what do you think about the, like kind of where it's at with say the Olympics or things like that, or, yeah. you know, these big giant, you know, Red Bull BC one kind of things. Yeah. I know I, I'm all for it. Like I, I support it mm -hmm. just because it's, um, you know, like it's giving people opportunity, right. You know, to, uh, to travel, mm -hmm. to make some money. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't call it like, Oh, that should be your job because like still right now, I don't think, I don't think that's anybody's like, you know, like uh job is just like, Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a B boy. Like, uh, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. like a, it's like a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but yeah, like those big events um, and it's given, it's given like some of the like people that started this, like the OGs, like work too, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they got to, they get to, uh, they get to travel, new generation of kids get to know them and they, um, you know, share their knowledge to everybody, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you, everything is... You got to find some kind of balance, right? Oh, yeah. Like, these things can be good, but if you go too far one direction, like, you can repeat what happened in the 80s where you lose all the culture. and Right, yeah. And other people take control. But I think, hopefully, the people that are spearheading this stuff are yeah. aware that that's a possibility and trying their best to... Well, the, the thing is, I, I uh, there's a couple of people from the... Um, from the, uh, I guess it was like BC dance that's running the Olympics here, right? Um, or they're the ones that's gonna be. So they've actually reached out to, uh, they've reached out to me. Oh. Yeah. You know, so they've reached out and, but we haven't really gone for it, like far with this because of what's going on. Right, um, yeah. But at least they kind of, you know, they, they've reached out and want to hold meetings and, Mm -hmm. um so when we actually finally do this meeting i'm gonna make sure i bring the right people in with me right yeah because yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna do it by myself like i know there's other people here that you know that mm -hmm. can uh that that could uh or whatever pretty much yeah contribute to yeah to this culture and uh what to bring to if uh if it is going to the olympics mm -hmm. yeah um, um maybe Maybe we can kind of finish on this. 
just get your thoughts on it. I just kind of wanted to ask you about, because, you know, you have a studio and then um, a lot of times with, say, crews and um, they'll they'll be active for a while, but a lot of crews tend to suffer with, like, building a new generation and, right. and you know, passing on their knowledge and then, you know, the crew continues on or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, NON has done, in my opinion, a really good job of that. Like, you have... Right you have like several generations and I know yeah. like maybe it didn't start with, with you. It was, uh, I think like, no, I started with Ian yeah. and whoever also was, I forget who it was, <laughs> but, uh, but well, they've got the older generation. They've got this yeah. kind of like middle generation and then they have got, you know, this newer generation who's kind of becoming that middle generation now. Right. <laughs> right. Severin and yeah. And who else is there? Magnus is he? I think he's Magnus. Yeah. Magnus. Never and... Magnus. Um, Dave. Now we have Dave. Dave. Um, well, I actually joined NON when it was uh, the members there were, it was Jax, G, Jerry. So they were the ones that kind of, you know, when they took over. Yeah. Um, That's the generation Kenny I remember. Kenny and Savage were in it and Jamie and Colin. Right. Right. So I got down with them. Um, I think it was in 2000 and when I got back from Japan, it was like 2006, there was a, an event that I um, uh, helped sponsor. And then, and the winner um, of the B-Boy battle got to go to LA to battle for the world hip hop international. Wow. Right. And I think, yeah, NON won in Vancouver Mm -hmm. I think it was called HHI. Oh, yeah. I kind of vaguely remember that. Yeah. And it was at the Michael J. Fox Theater. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the NON won and they ended up going to LA. So I ended up going with them. And then I ended up battling with them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. It's funny because like all these other crews and we actually made top six, you know? Nice. And it's pretty good. It was like, yeah, yeah. and um, I was like, what? Okay. So I, that's when I got down with NON, right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, the thing was, to, the thing too, is because like with anyone, a lot of the, 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 the members that you mentioned used to be yeah. our students, right? Yeah. Like so that's, that's Magnus kind of what I was getting at. Like, you know, Magnus was our student, like yeah. Severin was our student. Um, yeah. Like, and Jamie, like when I was teaching him, right. So we all, mm -hmm. so the crew was kind of like a lineage from mm -hmm. dead reckoning. Right. Right. So I went from Dead Reckoning. So Wild Style to Dead Reckoning. Um, and then to, and then slowly some of that, mem some of those members got asked to be part of NON, and NON also had their own, um, uh, uh, I guess, lineage too, right? Mm -hmm. I would say, because yeah. like we were all friends, mm -hmm. right? Like we all knew each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then we all taught each other. So we all mm -hmm. learned from each other as well. And then the kids that we were teaching, when they, you know, when they became old enough, then we put them down in the crew. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's, that's something that, that yeah, NON in particular has done really well of like just carrying on that tradition and, and bringing, building people up. And then right. I guess, you know, they just kind of naturally come into the fold and, but, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I guess this is more just like a 
kudos to your <laughs> to NON, basically. Not really yeah. a question. Now it's become more like a comment. A, <laughs> like a like a real like a family, right? You know, yeah. because now you, you have a couple of uh, NON members who have who has kids now. You know, yeah, Kenny yeah. had a baby, Gia like um we a uh, couple of our guys from Japan that G opened up a NON chapter in Japan. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, Kaze, like one of our guys, also had a kid. So oh, nice. you know, we just nice. talk, all talking about it. We all talk still. You know, mm -hmm. We all get uh, get together either on you know chat or whenever we can. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, uh, you guys, you guys have done a done a lot. I know. You know, there's there's always the talk of like, you know who's who's keeping it real and this kind of whatever kind of stuff but right. you know you guys have always um regardless of however whatever you guys did like you guys are always representing Vancouver and representing yourselves and like going right. taking the steps to actually go out there and rep and get get your name out there and like yeah that's the reason why you guys are your crew is known for for you know, I'm kind of rambling here, but that's why you guys are known, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because you guys yeah, we just did, try to, you know, did the thing. Yeah. yeah. And everybody, like most of the guys are also teachers and, you know, mm -hmm. just try to spread what we know and, yeah. you know, keep a positive outlook in the community and just always trying to do our part. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, mean, I guess at the end, it always comes back to that when you when you come like full circle. You know, you realize, hey, man, what am I doing this for? And then you see, right. oh, you know, kids, there it is. Yeah. Well, I think that's a that's a big bonus for you guys is because a lot of you guys are teachers, right? Yeah. You yeah. guys have, like, I know Jamie is, he's a, he's teaching all over, or at least when last time yeah. I talked to him, which was a while ago, but he was <laughs> teaching all over the place. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yes. Good on you guys. Um. But um, yeah. actually, actually, like, uh, you know, talking about this, I was actually talking to a few friends and trying to figure out myself because I know I, I'm, I wasn't the first generation of like street dancer in Vancouver. There was mm -hmm. way more before me, but because mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I moved here in 1986, but there was something happening way before that. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually trying to um, piece this all together oh. and hopefully, you know, try yeah. to uh, uh figure out like, you know, the evolution, I don't know, like what I'm going to do about it. Like, but I guess it'll be the evolution of like the Vancouver street oh, yeah. dance scene, right? Yeah. How it's all connected. Yeah. I think that's yeah. one thing that, uh, you know, as like I get older and maybe, maybe a lot of people kind of feel this, like you only know your, your history, right? right. So like whenever yeah. you started or just like outside of say, dance or whatever but like your history starts when you were born and from whatever point you remember right right and but there was stuff that happened before you and so like i've as i got older i got more interested in like what did my parents do what were they like before i was born and this kind of stuff right. what my brothers yeah. like when they were before i was born that kind of thing and like it's the same yes. kind of thing like there was history before this what was it like and yeah because i know when i started it was it was very like, I don't know, Vancouver doesn't have the same kind of like lineage, I guess, or tradition of people like mentoring. It's just like your crew, basically. Right. 
because like contents they they were they were another big name but mm-hmm. they all kind of just left and did their own things right. and they made their marks in like kind of the hip-hop community right. in vancouver and toronto and canada or whatever but yeah. you know they as far as like breaking goes it kind of just died with them mm-hmm. and so when i was starting it was like the scene was just sort of like resetting i guess because do you remember the, the practices like, I don't know, if you went to the Harbor Dance Center practice on Sundays? I heard about them, but I never went. Because I was like, during that time, I was too shy. And so I had my uh, own private practices on like the West Side. See, that's where a lot, like that's, so when I finally got my foot in the door at Harbor, right? Mm-hmm. I, like, I wanted to really teach breaking, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, you know, available then. And, you know, I started doing open practices. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was every Sunday after my hip hop classes. And then, you know, contests would come, mm-hmm. all the other crews would come like and practice. That's mm-hmm. where everybody, you know, would practice together. Right. So even, you know, like, I think that's also the time where we just kind of pretty much settled our beefs and there's no more beef with each other because it was an open practice. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe that's the, one of the reasons why too, that Vancouver has a tight community because mm. we can practice together. Yeah. You know, like, and there's spots that are open and yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was always kind of like that, like, you know. Yeah. And then while that was happening, you know, like the Robson ice rink was still going on. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, that's always been there. Like, um, well, even aside from Robson, there was like YWCA that Drew used to hold. And that was like, yeah, that was like um, Roundhouse Drew and Soul Felons and some NON guys, I think occasionally. Yeah. And, uh yeah. like floor storm would come up like everyone was in the same room you had bonzer and like every, all the crews would come yeah, so yeah it wasn't yeah. like i guess some people had their own spots yeah here and there but, but yeah yeah no that, that was good like, like i said like too i've been to a lot of cities and I, when when i whenever i would ask you know the b-boys there so where do you guys practice mm-hmm. they would always say oh this is ours but we can't go there or that's theirs I'm yeah. like oh you know yeah so there's really like beef within this the community there right yeah even in japan it's kind of like that too there's like okay there's this practice and this is where like these people would practice right like so group or whatever is it just for them like nobody else can go there or what i think like a lot of them are fairly open some people kind of have their own studios and then right. it's because stuff is like way smaller in japan like the spaces are way smaller yeah so it's probably like they don't want to just open the doors to everyone. But there's a few spots that I know of where it's like, especially in, in Osaka where I am, they have this big open kind of plaza that's kind of reminiscent of Robson Square where kind of everyone, any style or whatever, they come there right, and practice right, yeah. every day. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little, I don't know. Yeah, I always say Vancouver is a little unique in that sense then. Yeah. Just have these yeah. spots where everyone will come and it's pretty common. Like that's the norm, I think. Right. Yeah. No. Like it's uh, it's amazing. It's really good how yeah, yeah. that how Vancouver is like unique like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much like all I have at the moment. But right. uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's there'll be other things down the line, and hopefully we can do this again. You can share some more, maybe some more stories. You know, you delve yeah. into history. So. No, for sure, man. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm trying to get like a, 
uh, I'm trying to dig now, like um, uh, trying to get in touch with people mm-hmm. who were older than I was mm-hmm. that knew a little bit more about like, hey, what was going on before me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna go source them out and and get some um, get some pictures, maybe videos, because uh, one time I heard about this that you know back then there was like a big b-boy event that happened at the p e oh really yeah it was like a and it was the coliseum was filled and it was a break dancing competition wow yeah coliseum that's like a that's pretty the big the yeah, peony yeah. coliseum yeah, yeah that's and like a full-on that, that, was, that was early that was during the early 80s i guess um and it was sponsored by um super soco Super it was psycho. like a, it's a chocolate milk drink, I think. That's what it was, <laughs> right? Damn. And here's the thing. Okay, so so super. It was like because when I started like kind of doing some research, I keep hearing about the super soccer breakers. Super soccer breakers. Super soccer breakers, right? Yeah. And it's super soccer. It's like a. It's kind of like a. It's like one of those you know chocolate drinks, or mm-hmm. I think it's chocolate drink. It's in one of those carton drinks, right? Mm-hmm. So. I've had two people tell me about this. They're like, yeah, there was, there was super soccer breakers. They're on Vancouver and they had a big competition and it was at the PE. So I was like, all right. And so I'm like, who are these super soccer breakers? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I want to know who they are. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing is a trip. So we went to go visit. I went to, to New York. Um, remember Ivan? It was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivan DeLeon. So we yeah. went for his wedding. Mm-hmm. But before that, we, you know, went on a night out. DJ Colherk took us out to his, like, favorite club. And then we meet up with um, Pop Master Fable outside. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, where are you guys from? Because uh, Colherk was like, oh, meet my Canadian brothers, right? And he's like, oh, we're from Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Vancouver, Canada. And he goes, oh, you know what? I was there a long time ago. I was um, part of the Super Soco. I was like, what? What the hell? Yeah. So I think he was like, uh, I guess Super Soccer sponsored them and they flew him to Vancouver and they were touring. It was like him <laughs> and um, I think he said Wiggles was part of it. I th- Yeah, but I remember uh, Pop Master Fable was like, yo, Super Soccer. Yeah, that was me. I was like, oh, man, that was a trip. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so I got to go. I got to dig more into that because I yeah. wouldn't. You know, it was one of those in and out, say hello and then go in and. Yeah. yeah well that's like that's the thing with especially pre-internet days like all this stuff is like kind of word of mouth like it's an oral tradition like you it's all right. spoken not no one like hardly anyone was probably videotaping or a few people were videotaping no one had video right. like cameras on their phones and stuff exactly. there's no youtube you couldn't like upload this and so it's cool oh. it's a really cool era that we're in now that we can actually like record history and like right. have it somewhere and have a record of things and yeah so yeah. you know keep me posted on how that stuff goes i, I yeah, want to know who sure. the super soco breakers are too yeah no <laughs> I, I, like, now i know pop master fable is one of them yeah yeah so i now i know that he he was like flown to vancouver and because people are telling me yeah there's a group in vancouver called super soco and i'm just like what who are these guys yeah super anyway. soco. But yeah, cool. Well, and the funny thing is, like you know, I don't even have any like you know when all this day was happening back in the day. Like, 
um, footage. I don't own any of my footage. I don't, I've never videotaped myself, right? When people did, so there's, it's out there somewhere. Yeah. You know? Some people you have to convince these people that are like hoarding footage to like digitize it or maybe they're not even hoarding. They just don't even remember, <laughs> but like digitize it and just upload it and like so they can live. There was like a, an old contents video that someone made and yep. it uploaded it and then like something happened to it and it disappeared. Wow. Yeah. Like or it lives, I'm sure, uh, you it know, lives I'm sure. on in in Arthur's Facebook or something like he posted oh, it, it. So there? it's only there, but it's not like anywhere yeah. kind of public and you know who would have a lot of those probably flip out oh yeah he'd yeah. be a good guy to get in touch with yeah yeah, anyway. yeah. well yeah Th thank you so much for taking the time and you know sharing your your stories and just you know sharing some knowledge and stuff with whoever's yeah, yeah. watching and listening really awesome. appreciate well, it thank you again um yeah. yeah i was gonna give out a shout out to all the dance crews from back then yeah if you want to yeah. take the time like whatever you want to uh, say last little thing go ahead there's a few because like, um, I guess, um, before, like, like I said, I started off as a b-boy and then when I got here, I stopped, right? Cause there was nobody mm -hmm. else doing it yeah. until like a few years later, you know, much later, like after high school, when we, it all came back. So be between from grade eight to grade 12, there was a lot of hip hop groups and everybody was doing, um, hip hop and freestyle. Right. So, and a lot of those. I know branched out and, you know, kids now have um, either they were the younger sister of those dancers, right? Like, hmm. cause I remember, um, what was it? Like that's, I think that's Lynn and before they were like became fly antics. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Right. So it kind of went back. Um, but I was hanging out oh. with, with those people back then. Right. But they weren't called that. They were like, you know, I'm trying to remember, some other names, but, but then again, back then there was a, a handful of crews, like, and they weren't b-boy crews. They were like dance group groups. Yeah. Right. And yeah. some, some of the people would like, you know, like they would, they would, they would break, but not fully break. You know, they had like the, um, they would have swipes or they would have um, alphas, but then they would include that in their, in their hip hop routines, hmm. you know? Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff to, to dig deeper and, and dig up. And hopefully, yeah, we can, people can get to the bottom of these things and and get the. Yeah. the, the I mean, it's only there. been, no, well, it's like, I guess 30 years now. Vancouver history has been that long for a street dance, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we do have history. Yeah, yeah. And you just gotta try to find these people and tell their story. Yeah. and see how it connects somehow to the new generation here you know yeah for sure yeah for sure cool man awesome, well man. yeah again thank you for taking the time it was really good catching up connecting oh with you. thank you hope everything's going well with you there <laughs> yeah yeah we're, like, i think we're all doing I, our best are you guys on lockdown or like what's happening no 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 lockdown but it's kind of like i don't know it's weird i'll tell you after We'll, yeah we'll finish this and and yeah. uh yeah let's chat for a little bit all right, all right. well thanks again thanks, and catch everybody later peace okay. bye thanks everyone for listening 
If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.